world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed on this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. It's now on the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. This life, I, I can't remember. Like I love, like making music with my friends. I just can't wait to get on the road again. So we're on the road again. Somewhere in the middle of Tennessee or where, wherever the heck we are. We left at 3.30 this morning for Pastor Clint's house. Got to get back home. Uh, we made a wrong turn on the way down there. Our trip down there took two hours longer than what needed to. Didn't want that to happen again. So I made Michelle get up bright and early at 3.30 so we can get rolling. And we are rolling. I got to say right off the top of the of the show, Clay, you did an awesome job last Friday. That was, that was a great, great show. In fact, friends, Clay's going to do that very show again on my Bridie on today at 11 o'clock. So, Clay, thanks, dude. And. If we'd planned a little bit better, I could probably swung by your studio here this morning and got up, got up there and do, uh, did it. And uh, man, oh man, oh man, I'm supposed to, uh, golly, you know, look, I'm a little bit at a disadvantage because I don't have my computer gone. I don't have, I don't have any real links, although I do have some links. And I saw right away that Mel said something and she wanted to get in here. So Mel, jump in here real quickly while you can before I Thanks. lose your Thanks, Coach. Hey, Mr. Producer, if you bring up the Liberty Action Network website, please, thelibertyactionnetwork.com. So tomorrow is the big election in Ohio. Um, this is the one where we're encouraging no votes on issue one and issue two. So um, if you notice, go ahead just down to that first announcement there, Mr. Producer. That's the action that we've been talking about, um, kind of an overall saving the children, because this really is attacking the children and parental rights. It's promoting the transgender. It's going to be abortion up until birth. I mean, it's just like the most evil um, issue. And then um, issue two is the marijuana initiative. So anyway, um, if you, um, you know, if you can't get out and stake your board of election, I would encourage everybody who, who understands staking to virtually stake the state of Ohio today. Just print out a map of Ohio and stake the four corners of our state today. Um, in preparation for that vote tomorrow. Mr. Producer, if you'd go to the events tab, please. Jim Harrison at the Natural Family Foundation reached out to me yesterday, and he's encouraging everybody to wear red to the um, polls tomorrow. So if you could look into that, Mr. Producer, if you wouldn't mind. That's a good idea, man. The image of red voters, yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. So um, if, if you kind of scroll down there, kind of gives an explanation and kind of even gives some samples of, you know, different clothes to wear. But anyway, I think it's a great idea. So everybody in Ohio or if you have friends in Ohio, go ahead and share this link. All you need to do is go to the LibertyActionNetwork.com, click into the event and then copy the um, the URL tag at the top, the um, the web address. And then you can just share that out anywhere. So those are the two things I wanted to announce, Coach. Thank you. Thanks, Mel. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been, uh, I've just been a little bit out of sorts here, getting back from people. I apologize. Don't have an excuse. Just the reality of it. Hey, yeah, Coach. Um, Jim Harrison might have something to say on that too. So, well, Jim, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here, Coach. Tomorrow, we're recommending that everyone wear red to the polls. And when you see somebody at the polls and they're wearing red, just say to them, you know what? Today, red is my favorite color. Amen. Also, also, if you've even been to the polls, still wear red today. Or I'm sorry, wear red tomorrow on Tuesday. Thanks. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, our daughters. Uh, we've been in. I've been in. Uh, where have we been? Georgia. We've been in Georgia for uh, all weekend. 
And then we got uh, our daughters, Abby and Maggie, uh, went out door to door in Ohio yesterday. Mark Harrington created Equal uh, Operation Save America. A lot of people were hitting the streets. So Abby and, and, and Maggie went out yesterday. I can't believe it went out and knocked doors. And they were really, really encouraged that uh, people were, were, knew exactly what was going on. See, folks, here's what again goes back to what uh, uh, my brain. They're going to cheat. We're already cheating in the inner city. We have to overwhelm them at the point. That's why I suggested to other people, I'm voting on election day. I did not vote early. And when we vote early, get an idea how many votes they have to cheat. So I'm voting, I'm voting on election day tomorrow. I hope a lot of get out to do that. And uh, look, it's fair, man. They're in charge. They're in control. It's the reality of where we are, right? Let, let me get to where, where I want to go here this morning, and then, you know, maybe the second half, we can open up and do some more of this stuff. i got to put my glasses back on so I can see. First of all, a, a real tip of the cap. Shauna had a great time in Royston, Georgia, home of Ty Tom. I always say that with uh, Pastor Clint Harper. And I got, I don't know if Pastor Clint, I left earlier this morning. I don't know if he's in here today, but I want to, uh, I'm going to, this is what was so, what was so good Okay, Pastor Clint's church is like a family. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The same, the same thing I know that we're going to get next week when we go down with Pastor Dale down in New Orleans. It's a, it's family. And last night, the, uh, after the church service on Sunday, last night we went to the streets. We did a honking thing with signs and abortion pictures out on the streets, and I'm telling you, that's after Clint took who came, the church bought food, they took us to some kind of place, and I stuffed my face with, and they fed everyone who showed up, and I'm just telling you, so really not in mega churches. Break. Break the battle. Hey, Coach, can you hear us? You're breaking up. I can hear you, yeah. Can, hey, can you Coach. hear me? Yeah, you're breaking up really bad. Breaking up is hard to do, baby. Yeah, that buddy. It's hard to do. Now I know. I know that it's true. Clay, someone take the wheel. Clay, unmute. All right, here we go. Uh, Coach, if you can hear us. Maybe maybe pause for a little bit and see if you can get a better connection. Why don't you hear me? Yeah, you're breaking up, Coach. You want me to take over for a little bit? All right. Well, listen, uh, Betty, I'd like to hear how it went on the streets, if you don't mind coming in. Tell us how that honking wave went. Well, I want to thank Tracy. She's such a warrior for God, I tell you. I'm so proud of that girl. She gets out there, you know, and fights the cause, you know. And so yesterday I met up with her because I had been sick for a week. So I was really upset about that because I couldn't get out every day. So I'm going to get out today, today to do the same thing. Uh, but we had uh, quite a few, you know, thumbs up, a few number one fingers <laughs> and so then I left her and I went to the mall and I was going to go to Walmart, but God said, go to Boscov. So I ended up going to Boscov's over here by St. Clairsville. And as I was putting maybe about, t I had sheets, flyers to put on the cars, about 150 or so. So I'm putting sheets of these uh, flyers on these cars and this woman, the last one in that row, she gets out and she starts screaming at me. Tell me, do not touch my car. Don't you dare touch my car. Don't you dare. And the MF, and I was called everything, and I just kept walking, and I said, get away from me, demon. Get away. 
don't come near me and I am not going to touch your car. So anyway, she started running to the cars that I had done, tearing off those flyers. And I just kept walking the next aisle, just keeping them put on there. And it was just crazy. I did hear she was, awesome. I was an old lady, so she did hit one of them right. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw, I I saw them. And, and I started telling her, shame on you for acting the way you are. And people started looking at her because she was just screaming her head and jumping up and down. And it was just, it was crazy. And she had these papers and, oh, I can't believe you're going out. She didn't even know what they were. She didn't even read it. So she was just pure evil. But I thank Tracy for what she does. She does. She's, she's an amazing woman. Yes, ma'am. She's awesome. And I saw on Facebook where somebody else had taken a picture of Tracy standing on the road with the sign and said, look at this brave, you know, saying how they were thankful for the brave woman that was standing on the side of the road with the sign. It wasn't that awesome. So that just goes to show you that her efforts are bearing fruits right there. Uh, hey, Clay, am I, am I back? Can you hear me okay? Nice right. and clear. Clay, I didn't mean to walk on in there. Clay, when I'm talking, I got a chance here. I got a clear signal. Because here's what I was saying. Uh, we, we're, we're winning in the small churches. We're winning in the Pastor Dale Social churches. We're winning in the Clint Harper churches. The mega churches have lost us, lost, left us. Uh, they've let us down. I'm going to dig into that here a little bit if I have, because I want to do a little bit of a, a teaching here. But uh, Clint Harper's church is a family. Dale Sosha's church is a family. And what do they have in common? They have a common bond that they go to the war. They go to the battlefront together. They go together. And that's, that's, where, that's where this attitude of unity is forged, friends. We're not going to win this. We're not going to win this thing in the mega churches, and I'm going to talk about that here a little bit. But I just want to tip my cap to, to uh, Pastor Clint and man, oh man, uh, uh, we were out on the streets twice, two days out there, and those people, they get it, man, they get it. And and again, it'll be the same thing with Pastor Dale. I know this weekend coming up. So you guys still tracking with me? Good here. Am I doing, doing okay? Okay, John, good. I'm sorry. So, look, I, I, I want to share this with you because, uh, uh, well, first of all, let me back up. We got a chance to go to the Georgia Guidestones. Say, what? Yeah. Wait a minute. Where the Georgia Guidestones used to be. And I got about a two-minute clip here that we posted on Facebook. And I think John's got that ready. This is for Bob Evans and for Mark Trump and for all those people, Dale Soch, that drove all that way down there on November, I think, wasn't it, Craig? Wasn't it November 11th? Wasn't it the 200th anniversary? Of, uh, I could be wrong. The anniversary of, the, of uh, uh, the Mayflower Compact. We were down there praying at the Georgia Guidestones. And, folks, I want you to see this two-minute and 20-some second clip of the Georgia Guidestones. Hey, John. Let's see how I thought how good you are, John. See if you can find a picture of the Georgia Guidestones so people can see what used to be and what they're gonna see. However, or you can do that, Jonathan. You can pull up real quick a picture of the guidestones. So our friends out and uh, who are just joining us from the, with the Patriot Party news, maybe they've never well, why don't you go ahead and uh, play that clip of the Georgia Guidestones? It was on the 400th anniversary of the signing of the Mayflower Compact. Well, good morning to everybody out there. Uh, I want to give a notification to the FBI and the CIA and whoever else might be involved with it. Uh, I happen to have an opportunity to come down and visit my friend, Pastor Clint Harper, down here in Royston, Georgia, which, by the way, Royston, Georgia is the home of Ty Cobb. 
birthplace of Ty Cobb. He's still buried there, so that's always worth the trip. But wouldn't you know it, where did we end up here, Coach? I can't hardly see my screen here. Bear with me a second. Sun's, sun's in my eyes. Let me look down here. Let me flip this thing around. We are at the Georgia Guidestones, or dare I say it, what used to be the Georgia Guidestones. Now, some of you who are watching this video right now were with me when we, sh when we came to the Georgia Guidestones. I believe that was right after, that would have been, uh, Craig Mickle could probably help me out, but I think that was November, somewhere early November of 2020, just after the election, I think. Just before, if you remember the big uh, vote that they had down here in Georgia, that they were, uh, the recount, everything going on in Georgia, we came down here and we staked the Guidestones. Now, right here's where they were, friends. Right here. Right here. Notice now it's private property, no trespassing. Right here. Go look at, uh, when when you're we're done here, you go look at the video of a picture of the Georgia Guidestones. Right there is where they stood. Literally right here. Now, they had some other parts over here. But this was the entrance, and then we have uh, on our website other other places, and we were here. And you guys know the story, right? And this, I'm going to turn around here a second. Let me flip this thing. Of what happened, they don't know what caused the Georgia Guidestones to fall down. Let me flip it around. I'm going to put it behind me now. Sun's going to get in your eyes a little bit. There, there it is behind me. And if you just check the video and say what happened, they say, well, it was a... Um, it was a lightning strike, or it was a missile, or some guy ran down the street and he blew it up. Well, we were here, and we staked this property, and we claimed, reclaimed it for the cause of Christ. And who knows how or who knows why, within a matter of months, you had to check it. I, did, I didn't check it to see how long it took. From the time we were here and we prayed over this thing, these things came down, these Georgia Guidestones. And uh, they were demonic, certainly demonic. New World Order, whatever you want to say with it. And so just kind of maybe a little bit of a sense of, I don't want to say pride, that's not the right word, but a sense of accomplishment that when we showed up and we declared the word of God, word of the Lord over this place, whether it was a lightning strike or whether it was a bomb or, by the way, FBI, we had nothing to do with it. We just showed up and we just prayed over it and we just claimed, reclaimed the, the guidestones for the, for the cause of Christ and those babies came tumbling down. So I'm making this video especially for all of you folks who faithfully came down here with us. Many of you watching this right now, you made the journey down here. You remember what it was like when we did the prayer walk around the Georgia Guidestones. You remember what it was like when, when, uh, uh, well, when we put the Ten Commandments up at the top of it, we put the cross up at the top of it, and lo and behold, we had no idea that just a short time later, these guidestones would come tumbling down. And now here's the amazing thing about it. Do you know they never did an investigation? They never did an investigation. These Georgia guidestones, I don't know how much they cost to put up, blew up. Whether it was lightning, whether it was a, somebody did, we, we don't know, but you, we know this, that the next day they had bulldozers out here tearing down, cleaning it up. They didn't even do an investigation. Now, why didn't they do an investigation? If people are going around blowing up the Georgia Guidestones using that powerful um, explosives, you mean they didn't want to find out what had happened? And to this day, nobody will tell you what happened to the Georgia Guidestones other than they came falling down, huh? The Georgia Guidestones are no more. I'm sorry, I'm looking at my can. It's hard to see here because the sun's in my eye. So just sending this out to all my fellows came with us, believed with us, prayed with us. I don't want to spike the football, but I sort of feel like I should. No FBI, we didn't do it. All right. Hey, coach, I see you. Can, can you uh, try to come back in? You're muted. You're muted, coach. We live in the United States of America in 2020. You can't get a cell signal. You can't get a cell signal. What the heck? We put it on the moon, they tell us. You can't get a cell signal in Tennessee. Virginia. Hey, hey, they got a guide stone. They got a sign there, private 
Breaking up quite a bit, but keep keep trying. I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, breaking up quite. Okay, so here's what I want to do, uh, and I'm gonna. Uh, I want all of you to get in here. I want to share with you uh, a couple of scriptures that I shared last night at, uh, at uh, Pastor Clint's church with the people, because those, uh, you know, listen to any time at all. Uh, I believe Christianity has been stolen. Christianity, whatever. Christianity we have today and the Christianity and faith of our fathers, right? So I want somebody, if you could, put up to Isaiah 56. Johnny, somebody put that up on the screen. And Clay, maybe you can do it. Maybe you can read it. Because I want to share what I shared with the folks. I'm going to show, share with you actually three different scriptures. To talk about the problem in America, friends. I don't, look, I don't want friends. And I don't influence people and win friends when I talk about this. We have a pulpit problem in America. We have a pulpit problem in America. And I, I saw this when we were down in Georgia. I can't tell you how many churches we passed. There are churches on every stinking corner. Yet the church seems to have absolutely no impact at all in the culture around us. It's, it's, it's grievous. It's grievous. It's grievous. Not a pastor's church because they're getting it, man. They they know they can make a difference. So I showed them last night that that modern Christianity is going to criticize those of us who are doers. Am I coming through okay, John? Okay. Modern Christianity, friends, is going to criticize those of you who are doers. And your greatest opposition is going to come from those who claim to be on our side, and they are not. So go to Isaiah 56. I'm going to read, have you read two different scriptures. I'm going to show you where the problem in America is, and it is in the pulpit. Somebody, read, read, somebody read Isaiah 56. Who's going to read so I know who it is? Clay, because he's the only one who can see the screen. Um, all right, Clay. Read Isaiah 56, beginning in verse 10. All righty. He's scrolling down to verse 10. All right. His watchmen are blind. Who's watchmen, Clay? Who's watchmen? His watchmen. God's watchmen. The Lord's watchmen. The Lord's watchmen are blind. Go ahead. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Hang on, Clay. Hang on, Clay. I want you to start again, folks. I'm telling you, this is more churches in America than we even want to realize. And the mega churches, they aren't doing anything other than uh, they're given a form of godliness. They're dancing around and they're singing music and they're putting their hands up in the air. They don't go home. They don't do anything to influence. And as I, Michelle and I were driving around, I said, is there any evidence? There's some pastors out there who are mad at me. Ask yourself, if your church disappeared out of your community, would anybody know it? Would anybody miss it? Look, I'm not talking about the building. But there's a plenty of big dead buildings around there. Pastor, if your congregation disappeared out of your community, would your community notice? Isaiah 56, verse 10, it's Almighty God speaking to his watchmen who are the pastors. Okay, Clay, go ahead. I'll shut up. I probably won't. I'll try. <laughs> All right. It says uh, his watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They're all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs, which can never have enough. And they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his gain, from his quarter. Every shepherd, the shepherds 
are looking after their own game from their own quarter. They don't see the bigger picture. They're not worried about the bigger picture, right? They're selfish. This is what it says, folks. This is what the Lord said. Keep going. Come ye, say they. I will fetch wine, and we will fill ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow shall be as this day, and much, much more abundant. Is that it, dude? Is that it? Is that what we're seeing in America or not? Is watchmen are blind. They are all dumb dogs. Not stupid, dumb, deaf, dumb, blind, unable to bark, unable to speak. Big churches, praise and worship inside, and no impact in the community. Look, I don't care if I'm making you mad. I'm trying to point out exactly what the problem is. Okay, now, Clay, since you're the only guy that can see the screen, how about we go? I'm losing my internet again. Yeah, you, well, we didn't hear the verse. Say it again. I, Ezekiel 34. All right, what verses? Ezekiel 34. Did you get it? What verse? Yes. Okay, start on verse 1. Throw it up there, start. Folks, because why? What? Because we're talking about leadership or lack thereof. Now, remember, the Bible witnesses itself. Out of two or more witnesses, right? Here's the second witness for you, Clay. Isaiah. I'm sorry, Ezekiel chapter 34. Just start reading, and I promise I'll try to keep my mouth shut. All right. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Wait a minute. Prophesy against who? The shepherds of Israel. Oh, all right. All right. Go ahead. Just make sure I was reading it right. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Who's he speaking to? The Lord God is speaking to the the uh warning them against the shepherds of Israel. He's to speaking to the shepherds, right? Twice he's mentioned us. Hey, pastors, talking to you, pastor. He's saying, Go ahead. Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Ye and eat the fat. And ye clothe you with the wool, ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The diseased have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which was sick, neither have ye bound up that which was broken, neither have ye brought again that which was driven away, neither have ye sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty. Have you ruled them? Hey, Clay, it seems to me like you've got some pretty good evidence. Would you agree with me, brother? He, he listed out about six different charges there, right? Uh, yeah, and that's going. exactly where this church is today. That's right. Keep going, man. Keep going. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd. And they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search or seek after them. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As hey, Clay, I live, again, Clay, Clay, who's he talking to here? He's talking about the pastors of the churches that are that are not getting off their butts and getting outside the church and doing something. Third time, he says, hey, therefore, ye shepherds, huh? I'm just a messenger, Clay. I'm just a messenger. Go ahead. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither thou shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore. I'm going to say that again. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore, for I will deliver my flock from, from their mouth that they might not be meat for them. He's saying he's going to take the flock away from the shepherds if they don't do what they're supposed to do. Amen. They're already scattered. They went and them, right? Huh? 
Amen. By the way, folks, it's a go ye gospel, not a come ye gospel. It's go ye into all the world, not come into my church. Uh, no, no, that's not what it says. We were with Pastor Clint last night. People came morning and he let them out in the night. Go ahead. Where, what verse are you on, Clay? 11. Go back. I want you to say so. I want you to go back to verse 9. I'm in the King James. So let me read this from the King James, okay? All right. In fact, I'm going to start in verse 8 from the King James. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey. You hear that, folks? The flock became a prey. And my flock became meat to every wicked beast of the earth, all to the government, to the schools, to you name it. Yeah, that's what it says. And because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves. They didn't feed the flock. Well, I'm just reading the Bible. I look at the next verse, Clay. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, I am against the shepherds. Do you see that, Clay? Huh? Hey, folks. Some of our pastors better wake up. The Lord's against them. He hates for him. Huh? Oh, no, that's what it says. I'm against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hands. In other words, they're going to be held to account the fact that they did not lead them out. And I will cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore, for I will deliver my flock out of their mouth that they may not be meat for the shepherds. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Amen. Hey, Clay, let's say the word Lord, man. He said, I'm not saying it. I'm just repeating what he said. Okay, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. What do you think about that, friends? That's we awesome. Have pastor, we have a pastor problem in America. And I'm telling you right now, Tracy is doing more than most pastors in her community. Boom. Betty is doing more than most pastors in her community. Because why? See, they're tangled up inside that church body they've created, right? Jesus said that we are the salt of the earth. Jesus said, go ye into all the world. And what did we see in Isaiah 56? The pastors say, come, come. Come and sit at our table. Come and get fat. Come and eat. Come. Now, see, we have it exactly backwards. And I'm here to encourage you that I think there are thousands and thousands of Clint Harpers, thousands of, of Tom Gills, thousands of, of Dale Socius, thousands of pastors who are out there slaving away, working hard, getting their getting their flocks stolen by the mega church pastors who are living high and mighty off of does everybody say amen living high and mighty amen, off of them. amen oh man coach huh this this is the word of the lord baby this is the word of the lord all right clay go ahead yes sir you want me to keep reading well you can but you don't know i mean well, hey, it's worse. Hey, it I don't worse. mind at all. Dave, Dave Allison's got his hand up, and uh, Pastor Clint's in here now. He might want to come in too. Bring him in. Because, by the way, folks, we will we, we'll read some more of this because Ezekiel thirty-four is all about the shepherds, the pastors. It's all about them. Say, well, Coach, that's the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. Try to play that one on me. So, Pastor Clint, come on in here a little bit if you can. I'm sorry I'm breaking up here a little. I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show. I was talking about what a tight-knit group you have. Thank you, Coach. I, I'm sorry I, I I was a little late getting in this morning. But, uh, oh, what a weekend we had. It was just phenomenal. And, yes, we do. God has blessed me with the, the best people in the world. I, I can't even explain to you um how how our people are and um you know i made a live video yesterday and 
you know, I, I was asking the pastors, where are you at? If you've got a backbone, get out here. And if you don't like what we're doing, do something. I mean, it, it, it's time. We, playing church is, is over. And, um, but we, we've had, we had a, <laughs> it was an unbelievable weekend. It really was. But, and I want to thank you for coming, Coach. Well, Clint, be, because you guys fight together, there's a real bond there. And I, I, when we were at dinner last night, having conversation with people sitting around the table, I'm sitting there, the guy's giving me his testimony over and over, how real his testimony is, how much his life has changed. And, and he wants to get out and share with other people. And Clint, there ain't nobody doing it. You're right. I mean, and I, I think that's the root of the problem is you've got a bunch of people in churches that don't have that testimony. And, you know, you've got a lot of false converts. And I, I was telling you uh, this weekend, I ride down downtown Royce and I think uh, one of our, our church members quite often that works at a hardware store out on the sidewalk praying with somebody. I mean, it, that, that's, that's normal Christianity, isn't it, Coach? Good morning, Coach. This is Ralph from Lyme, Ohio. Yeah, Ralph. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear. So, so Clint, I got stuck in my mind also, folks, at the, at the end of it. After we were done, we went out to eat. We took the people out on the street. You should have seen how many young kids were wearing Coach Dave Cross hats. Oh, my goodness. Was it awesome to see that out there and the witness it was to the community. And yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, friends, uh, we had abortion signs. And we had a lot of stuff going on. People will never forget. The people who drove by. They will never get those images out of their minds. Amen. Go ahead, Clint. I'm sorry. I'm breaking up here a little bit. No, no. I was just telling you about, uh, uh, I was just saying, I don't know if you heard it, about uh, one of our church members. You go through downtown Royston, and quite often you'll see him out on the sidewalk because he works there, um, praying with people. And, and that should be normal Christianity right there. That should be normal Christianity. Amen. Amen. Love you, Pastor Clint. You guys were Love great. You. Love what you, bro. What a great time. Hey, Clay, let's get some other folks in. I can't see it. Let's, let's hear All from All right, some. we got Dave and Sherry Allison. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Uh, Coach, sounds like you had a great time down there in Georgia. Um, Saturday, Eileen Tesh got us hooked up with an organization in Ohio. We went down, and it was uh, part of uh, – get out the no vote, not just get out the vote, right? Get out the no vote. This group was well organized. They had a really good um, uh, organization. And believe it or not, there was 10 other people that came from Michigan to go knock knocking on doors to get out the no vote. And it's really, we're tr we were trying to reach out to those people that are the uh, living their best life now. We're trying to get them out of their best life, just at least go and vote no on a on a proposal that uh, maybe some young child will have chance to have their best life now, if that's what they're thinking about. But anyways, praise the Lord. And the good thing it was, there were some young folks there that was very encouraging. There were some young people there that, uh, you know, uh, that were out knocking on doors and, and promoting the vote. No. So uh, it was a real blessing to see that it was a good opportunity for Sherry and I to, you know, get a chance to do that type of street ministry. And uh, I want to thank Eileen for helping us get hooked up with that. Praise the Lord. She's a real warrior as well. So it, it was an awesome event. Warriors, hey, welcome here. Warriors, welcome at Coach Dave Live. Warriors, welcome. Call me all again, Free. Call me Warriors. We're welcome here. Hey, hey, Coach, and another thing I want to say, I was in Ohio there, and I run across, I was knocking on the door. This, these people were really intelligent. They were flying a U of M flag. <laughs> Mentally deficient. <laughs> Great Dave, job, Dave. Good job, Dave. Eileen, good job, Eileen. Mm -hmm. Jeff Klein Amen, won't come Eileen. in, Coach. 
ahead. Coach, I got to share with you our Saturday event. Everything you're saying tied into Saturday on the Square. We started off at one o'clock. Liberal God hating Democrats there. Put all the sun all the way around the square, which is a circle. We had the vote no signs. I mean, we must have had twenty or thirty of them out there, a bunch of them. And then we set up all the abortion pictures of Mark Harrington's. I had about eight of them posted up all the way all over the place. We had the war wagon set up with the stage on top of it, with my PA up on top of that, with the ladders up. All of a sudden, some guy pulls in right in front of the liberal Democrats. He gets out, starts screaming. I mean, screaming bloody murder at us. And somebody come running to me, one of the young kids. We had some young kids and some older people in the square. Young boy comes up and says, hey, they just turned our sign around. I said, go over there and turn that back around. He did. He was scared. Well, then the guy come up and kicked him over. He started kicking the signs, cussing, screaming. So I went over. Him and I got face to face. We were just in. I mean, he was. I thought he was going to punch me. I was like, please assault me. Just go right ahead. So we had about 10 or 12 people. They all flocked over there around him. Then he's complaining. We're ganging up on him. So he said he didn't want his children seeing the sign. He put it in there. Yeah, same old crap. But he pulled right in that parking space in front of that sign to eat lunch. I said, buddy, you can park anywhere else around this square, and your kids won't see them signs. He was livid. So he went and kicked them over again. I said, listen, you touch him signs, I'm calling the cops. He kicked him over again. So I called the cops. He's screaming. And everybody, all the the regular Christians trying to compromise with him. And I was like, no, I got back up in front of him. And I was like, no, you are going to deal with the cops now, buddy. I'm telling you, it's over. So I walked away. I went because we're already 10 minutes late. He's distracting us. So I get up on top of the war wagon. Now I'm mad. I'm just I probably shouldn't have got up there and turned that microphone on. I started in. I said, here's what it says in scripture. And I went through. They're all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. I'm just ripping it off the top of this stage. And I noticed we did have a pastor standing in the middle of the square. When all that was going down, he just stood up there in the center of the square. I know him. I'm not going to say his name right now. But he didn't even come down around the crowd of people where it was going on. He stayed off. So when I'm up there hollering on top of the war Jeff, wagon. Jeff, yeah. he's afraid to bark. Yeah. So he, he walked off. He left. I thought, where did he go? So we got carrying on there. And then we did have Zoe, the girl that was bashful, last weekend that spoke. She got up on top of that war wagon and give her testimony how a horrible pregnancy her mom had, and she was supposed to have been aborted. The liberal Democrats had to listen to this, and she was almost crying. It was only about seven or eight minutes long, but it was great. So I've told these NAS students, get that recorded for me. I want to hear Zoe again. That was great. So we got going. I come to find out in the middle of the square, some guy says, can we pray? I'm like, sure. Go ahead, buddy. You you pray. He was a pastor of a local church here in town. I'm like, oh. I got to shake hands with him. And I said, now, listen, we're all going to go to the board of elections. I told you last week, we're going up there and pray against this demonic Issue one. So we had about six or seven of us go up. A few of them wanted to stay back there on the square. And I said, that's fine. You stay here. We went up. We get up there. And that one pastor did go with us. And old Dennis, my buddy, he's the one invited him. So we got up beside the building. And Dennis and the pastor and one other guy, the place is fenced in with cast iron fencing around the sides. They stood up there. I said, what are you guys doing? He said, we're going to pray right here. I said, I'm going in. Dennis looked at me. He said, hey, listen. You can't do that. I said, says who? He said, well, I was on the board of elections on the legal side of it years ago, and that's a law. You cannot do that, Bob. I said, listen to me. That's man's law. I am ignoring that. So me and the two young boys that was with me and some woman, she used to be married to a county commissioner, good Christian woman. We all went in. We're right at the front doors. We're on knees. We're standing at the door praying. Not one person come out and said anything. So we prayed against that place. Just, it was a great day. We had a good time, but the young people that was there last weekend, the Nazarene students and a few of the Christians, and one couple from the proclamation church, they showed up. So I made some friends and we accomplished something there on the square. It was a good day. It was exciting. And you know, the cops, when they came, I'm up there ranting and raving about the dumb dogs. One of the Christian guys comes to me and says, Hey, the cops want you over there. 
I said, I ain't going over there. I'm yelling through the microphone. I'm not going over there. He said, well, they want to talk to you. I said, no, they never want you together with the guy they're talking to. They want you separate. He said, well, he wants to see your permit. I said, if he wants to see my permit, he can come over here to the van. I am not going over there. So we got four or five cruisers, seven or eight cops. They're all got done with that guy over there. And they come walking to their cruisers and they all left. Never said a word to me. And guess what, coach? Two months in a row, I've had a permit. Saturday, I didn't have a permit. They never sent it to me. I never painted that. I'm like, thank you, Lord. I said, told the Christians on the square. I said, listen, God delivered us on that one. Amen. Good job, Jim. Hey, can I can I do something here real quick? Are you guys ready? Look at the bark. Look at the bark. Yeah, we got Roger Weaver wanting to come in, Coach. So, is the pastor still on? Can you tell Clay if uh, it's? I think it was Clint. Is he still with us? Possibly not. I was just going to ask him a quick hey, question. Um, I'm sorry. He's here. Hey, Clint, for those pastors that are afraid to take the action that your church has taken publicly because they're afraid that they're going to lose people or the money's going to go down, they're going to stop tithing. What would you share with those pastors that are fearful of taking the steps that your church has taken because of those issues? You know, if, if we do this, people will leave and they won't tithe. What would you say to them? Well, in my live video yesterday, when I made it when we were out on the street, they need to be more afraid of the Lord than they are their congregation because they don't get the fear of the Lord. <laughs> the Bible says that, that us pastors and teachers are going to be held to the greater condemnation. And I, I, I challenged them yesterday. I said, if you've got enough backbone, get your, your congregation off of their pews and and start doing something and then i and then i quoted you know a, a true pastor leads them out and if you're not leading them out i told them i said you're just a hireling and you need to quit but i don't know coach asked me why because i've invited so many pastors why don't they come and you know there's a, i think there's several reasons uh, they are afraid of their congregation they are just lazy and don't want to do it. Are they worried about losing somebody? Um, other than that, I have no idea. They're worried about public opinion. They're worried about people are going to say about them. You about are correct. Church. Yes, yes. You are correct, Coach. But um, I don't know. I don't know how to get them out there. I don't know if you. Um, I don't think you can shame them enough. I don't think that you can plead with them enough. Um, I, I don't know the answer. Hey, Coach, I've got a, a video from about 10 years ago of you saying that, that people, that they, that they need to have a church outside the church. You want to play that? You got time for it? Sure. Hey, Clay, you better take over because I'm, I'm going down the hill here. I'm probably going to lose it. Go ahead. All right. If you got that video keyed up, check this out, folks. Probably about 10 years ago from Dave Dobbinmeyer. I can't hear you, Jonathan. Yes. Coach Dave Dobbinmeyer at newswithviews.tv at newswithviews.com. Uh, God bless you. sure appreciate you tuning in this morning. You know, folks, the scripture says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are. That the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if you're born again of the Spirit of God, that same spirit dwells inside you. We are the house of God.
And in America today, we've taken a term called church, and we've applied that to a building, a place where people go. Are you going to go to church on Sunday? Hey, I think I'm going to go down to the church and pick something up. No, folks, no, folks, please understand something. We collectively are the church, the ecclesia, the scripture says, the called out ones, those who have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We take Jesus everywhere that we go. I was born again in 1989, and uh, even though I'd been in church and religious up to that point, uh, I didn't really understand the gospel at all until I received Christ as my Savior and uh, was born again, 1989. And I, like everybody else, I went to church. I started going to church and to church and to the building. And it wasn't until I got sued by the ACLU in 1999 that I came out of the church and began to go to where the people were to understand that there are, are you listening to me? There is a church outside the church. Oh, yeah, there's a church outside the church. One of the things that's happened to us in America is uh, there are a lot of people who are disaffected because of church. They've been injured by church. They've been wounded by church. They've been misled and mistaught by church. And they are sick and tired of church. And a lot of the work that we see going on, good gospel work that we see going on, is being done not by people who are inside an institutional church with four walls and a steeple, but people who love Christ with their whole heart, who have turned to home churches or small groups in which they get together and then are actively on the streets doing the work of the gospel outside the church. Oh, yes, folks, there is a church outside the church. You know what happened to me when I got uh, uh, got introduced to this church outside the church? My life, my faith came alive. Oh, my goodness, to go back and sit inside a four-walled building and to call that my church life experience. Oh, man, you talk about putting a bushel basket over it. Folks, there is a church outside the church. One of the things that we're fighting against in America is we have taken the light and we have trapped it inside, I call it the stained glass fortress, that we are not being effective outside of the four walls because we think the church is the building and a gathering place where we go. I know that people will say to me, coach, the scripture says that we should not forsake the assembling together. Well, I'm not saying we shouldn't assemble together. I'm just saying it doesn't have to happen in a church. There is a church outside the church. I know there are many of you who watch my videos. I hear from you weekly that, uh, that this is almost like a church for you. This experience here is a relationship that we're developing through this, through this camera, through this media. But it's not about me and it's not about you. It's about our common love and our common desire to serve the Lord. And for many, they have found the ability to serve the Lord, not inside the church, but outside the church. There is a church outside the church, and it's growing. It's getting stronger. I fellowship with them weekly. I see them out on the streets. I want to encourage you today, folks, that if you want to come alive, take your faith outside the four walls of the church. Go find those who are out there living out their faith. Plug in with them, and your faith will come alive. Why? Oh, there is a church outside the church. This is Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer at NewsWithViews.tv and NewsWithViews.com. We'll see you next time. Boom. Hey, man, that was good, Coach. About hey, 10 years God ago we got there. Where did you find that thing? That was, that was spot on. Yep, I dug it up off the video page. Check, there's tons of videos out on Coach Dave Live Video, folks. Check it out. Rachel, come in. Thank you, Clay. Uh, good morning, team. Um, <clears throat> you know, Coach, you were talking about uh, the evil shepherd this morning, and it just really brought to mind David's uh, Psalm 23, talking about the, the good shepherd, basically. And I just want to bring 20, Psalm 23 in. Um, everybody... Uh, who's, who's been to church, I think, has heard this verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Remember, I, David was a shepherd. So this is coming from the heart of a shepherd. 
And the first thing that the Lord does, it says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He gives us rest. He leads me beside still waters. And a pastor told me one time that um, sheep won't drink from moving water. So a lot of times the shepherds have to go and carve out a little place in the stream so that the water is still so the sheep will drink from it. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. So once he gives us rest and, and water, he gives us um, something to do. He leads us down paths of righteousness. Um, to me, this is the restoration all the way through um, for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So right there, it lets us know that there's going to be darkness. I will fear no evil for our with me. He's with you all the time, no matter where you are. And as a matter of fact, it says that his rod and his staff will comfort you. That's his. I wrote this down. I call his rod and staff his correction and direction. And then thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He lets you know that there's a battle out there. But your cup's going to run over. And here's the last line of the verse. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So as a shepherd, as a sheep, I'm the sheep, you know. And there's these two angels back there, goodness and mercy, thinking of them as like the, the sheep dogs back there, making sure nothing gets me. Anyway, remember that we need to focus on the good shepherd, even if our church, uh, our churches may be indwelled with bad shepherds. We can definitely be the light. The church is the light out there for this dark world. Thanks. Amen. Good oh! word, sister. Good word. Betty Perkins, come on in. Yes, I just want to say that uh, Coach and Clint, Pastor Clint, and it's just, it's just uh, spot on because Tracy and I were talking, you know, yesterday while we were standing there about, you know, what a difference it would have been if we had had 50 people lined up instead of just one or two. I mean, to see a line of people can say so much more, but, you know, being Tracy's out there, you know, she's saying a lot. I'm not, she's a warrior. I just, I just love her to death. But the thing is, we are talking about we the people and American Legion and all these people that are complaining about what's going on in the world, and they don't do anything. They're all talk and no action. And I was told that we are the face of the newspaper and the face of the TV, and we don't dare be seen. Well, that would be the best place to be seen is out there on that TV saying, hey, People get off your duff and get out there and start fighting. So coach and Pastor Clint and all y'all, you're spot on. Thank you for getting out there and fighting. God bless you and love you. Amen. Thank you for getting out there and fighting, Betty and Tracy and Jeff and everybody. Uh, coach, we got about probably a minute and a half left. I'm going to close us out. I can here, Clay. You know, I, I just, um, there's nothing more gratifying to me and to see Betty, Tracy, we were going to a Donald Trump rally in Washington, D.C., and I'm running my mouth. I know she thought I was freaking crazy. And here I sit, four years later, whatever it is, and she's holding the freaking sign now, right? You don't have any idea what that what that does, uh, does to my heart, right? Because until you are willing to lay it down, be embarrassed, know this, as Jeff Klein talked about, you're going to be hated of all men until you are willing to put yourself in that position, folks. You don't know what it means to serve the Lord. You just don't know what it means. And I always find it that goodness and mercy follows you where? Through the valley of the shadow of death. It's a shadow of death. It's not death. It feels like it, but it's just a shadow of it. Darkness, light, as Rochelle said, unbelievable. I'm so proud of this team at Coach Dave Live. You make the coach look good. God bless you all. Hey, Clay, at 11 o'clock today, covering for me. 
uh, Brady on, and he's going to do a redo of that great show that he did on Friday. Clay, thanks for being there. Thanks for everybody, Pastor Clint, and Dale, see you next weekend, and I'll be home here in about four hours, and uh, a lot of work to do. Work, Wallace. All right. See you. Bless you all.